Fakes the handoff, throws it over the middle, and it bounces high in the air. It's caught by Trent Sherfield for the touchdown. He looked like a center fielder in a baseball game. It got deflected at the line, popped straight up in the air. Sherfield spotted it and pulled it down. Chris Brown on the call on the Buffalo Bills radio network. That is the Trent Sherfield touchdown. The Bills desperately needed after having a couple of turnovers down there in the end zone. Almost another one, really, when you think about a ball that gets batted like that. Generally, it does not wind up in the offensive player's hands. It did on that particular occasion. Trent Sherfield then has the presence of mind to toe-tap to stay in the end zone and give the Bills their touchdown. They tied it there at 7. They go down 14-7. It's there for a while. Of course, then it's Deontay Hardy time. 14 all. Bills get the game-winning touchdown from Dawson Knox and then lock it down on defense. They win 21-14. They win the AFC East for the fourth consecutive season. They're home next week against the Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday at 1 o'clock. And, of course, we'll have that game and all your pregame coverage and postgame coverage here on WGR Sports Radio 550 and along the Buffalo Bills radio network. I'm Sal Capaccio. Welcome in to the Extra Point Show on a Buffalo Football Victory Monday. It's presented by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com and by Speed Global. Around the corner or around the world, Speed delivers. And yes, as always, on a Victory Monday, I'm wearing my Victory Monday t-shirt. You can see it if you go to Facebook.com slash WGR550. That is our WGR Facebook page, of course. That's where I'm streaming this show live for you here at Studio Capaccio as part of the Duntire Studios. Let's get back to the phone lines here as we go forward. Let's do it. We got people on hold. We got some time. We're going to get to you here, and you're going to say what you need to say, as always, on the Extra Point Show. Ryan, on a cell. Go ahead, Ryan. Thanks for being patient. Oh, you bet, Sal. Hey, thank you for everything. I want to give uh, some energy to keep you awake out there, but <laughs> hey, let's let's give props to, to WGR, uh, Chris, and Eric and yourself, you guys are doing a fantastic broadcast. My family, we love to listen to the you guys on the broadcast and watch uh, the TV. It's about a two-second delay, but it, it really works perfect for us, and we really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, relevance of the Buffalo Bills for our children. Uh, like a, a bunch of people out there, man, you almost had me in tears talking about you uh, waking up your kid. I have a 15-year-old boy and, a, and an 11-year-old boy. And we love watching the Bills. It's so special that we have this, uh, that we could share this with our children and our families. And I think that that's really nice. And I, I thank the Buffalo Bills for that and giving that to me and my family. So a lot of love for that. Uh, big, big reason for my call is I want to throw some props to Coach McDermott. When he first came uh, in almost, a, uh, almost at his anniversary, January 11th, I think, of 2017, when he first came to Buffalo, man, he was perfect. We loved him. He was a good, good fit. Uh, he was he, super impressive. And then, you know, after that Kansas City game of 13 seconds, I, personally, I was a little frustrated. And so I became, you know, I questioned him. And then, you know, leadership is hard, you know, and I can't imagine being in his situation. But after we were 6-6, six and six, my gosh, all I wanted for Coach was to be as adaptive as he could be and grow as a coach. And I want to give him a lot of love and a lot of props because I've seen over the last several games that he did. He seems like he pivoted and he really has changed uh, in his leadership the last couple games. And so 
I really appreciate that. But, Sal, one of my questions for you is uh, Bruce Tuckman, back in 1965, he was a scientist. He developed a model for team development. And it, it's, it basically is four stages of team development, uh, forming, storming, norming, and performing. You can look those okay. up on Google and check them out. But, you know, it talks like it. about how a team has to go through those different stages, and they, you know, they have to go through forming their relationships. And then maybe, you know, they enter a stage of storming where they become tumultuous. A lot of teams may fail within that phase. But if they can get through that, they go into this norming phase, right, where they begin to build trust and their relationships. And then once they get through there, they can get to the final stage of performing. And I say, I want to know, like, you're on the sidelines. You're, you're, you're kind of in the depths there. What are your thoughts about the stages of where the team is and how they can perform and how they could take that energy into the playoffs? Thanks, Ryan, for the kind words. Let me touch on a few things here as um, you brought up some things and some questions. First of all, listen, I, I, a few callers in a row have said here, hey, they've kind of you know, flipped a little bit on McDermott and said, Sal, you've had his back. You've talked. Look, I, you, there's no secret about it. I think Sean McDermott's an excellent football coach. I'm also here. I want to make this clear. He's not perfect. He has his flaws and he's had moments where he's, yo, screwed up. No doubt. And 13 seconds lays at his feet. There's no doubt about that. 12 men on the field. That's coaching. Doesn't have to be directly on him, but he's in charge of the operation. Kneeling with 12, 20 seconds left in Philadelphia. All those things. I'll criticize him for that. He deserves criticism for things. Deserves criticism for those things. But what I try to do, it's not, oh, Sean McDermott's great. Don't say anything bad about him. That's not what I do. Not what you're saying, right? I'm just trying to give the overall picture here. I want to be clear on two things that I always have been consistent about, okay, when it comes to this head coach. Number one, it's not defending. A lot of times it's explaining, and people take that as defending. Someone calls and says, why did he do this? Why did he do that? I say, well, here's why he did it. And then someone says, you're defending him. No, I'm just explaining to you to put you in his shoes why he did this. You could say it's a bad call. It's a bad, I'm just, my job is to bring you insight to what's going on through the thought process, through talking with people, through understanding. And you can disagree with it. I can disagree with it. You can agree. I can agree. Whatever. That's number one. Okay. That's why it bothers me when people say you always defend the guy or home or whatever. That's not it. I try to explain what his thought process is to help you better understand and give you more of an educated thought about it for yourself, a critical thought. And you have every right to disagree. Number two, this is the bigger part. We live in the moment so much. Just through playing sports and coaching sports in my own life, you have to see the bigger picture. It's hard to win in the NFL or at the highest level of sports. And although you go through times of deserved criticism, you go through times of, you know, where you're really mad and said he made this call wrong, made that call wrong, the team wasn't prepared to play, whatever it is. You can't get caught up in the moment all the time and think that's the defi- that's the definition of the coach or the person, if it's a player even. There is a big picture involved. It's an 18-week season. It's a 17-game season. And yes, the playoffs matter. And folks, I'll be the first to tell you here and agree with you. This team still needs to get to a Super Bowl. They haven't done it under this coach. And they have, they should have by now, and they haven't. And he still needs to do that. And the organization still needs to do that. And if it doesn't happen this year, we'll see how that manifests itself. It could be a number of reasons. But there's a big picture involved, like I said. So 
when people say to me, you've had his back, which is true, because I, I think he's a good coach, or you're a homer, you defend him too much, I think it goes too far. And I just try to, A, explain what's going on and why he made certain decisions or why things are happening, which sometimes people they, they, they confuse as defense, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I should phrase it differently. But more than anything, to me, it's just a big picture. We all wake up on a Monday after a loss so mad. You want to blame this, blame that. But my that's not my job. Like, yes, it is my job in a way to blame. The way I see my job, though, is to kind of be the rational one when you're so emotional about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I grew up here. I want to see this team succeed, of course. Do I have a relationship with Sean McDermott? Yes, I had a relationship with Rex Ryan and with Doug Marone. They're all different. But my bottom line here is, is this the right person to lead the organization? And I think it is. And if they don't get to a Super Bowl at some point and they move on, I understand that. That's the bottom line business. It's a production business. But I hope that through the last six weeks, I hope that through the last six weeks and everything that's happened, you have seen more of that, of what I'm trying to bring to you. I hope in the last six weeks you've seen, look, there is a bigger picture here of how you coach and how you navigate through tough times. And he's done a great job of it. And I think the team has. But they got to win next week. And they got to win the week after and get to a Super Bowl. Or we're going to have a lot of the same conversations you brought to my lap and the Riot Radio Show here over the last several months. That's the way it's going to be. And I understand that completely. Ryan, thank you very much for the words. Thank you very much for opening that door, for allowing me to try and talk about that a little bit. Let's go to Frank in Williamsville. Hi, Frank. You're on WGR. Hey, Sal. The same people that criticize uh, McDermott for a plethora of decisions are the ones they got to remember the three guys that were on the board there, Baker, Mayfield, Darno, and uh, Rosen, who, who, who the Bills stepped aside from them. And went, went with our guy, Josh. Let me tell you a quick story. I'm driving across the they country. They also had Lamar Jackson on the board, just to want to bring that up, too. Yeah, I'm driving across the country with my daughter. We're going to uh, L.A. because she wants to live out there. And we're driving there. It was, it was draft week. And I, got, I got the satellite radio. And I'm listening to this thing with my daughter. And I, I told her, thank God they picked Alec. I loved it. We would talk to these hotels for the night. And out there, he said, Josh, it's a huge deal. And we, we were uh, watching the, all these highlights from the University of Wyoming. And I said, because I had never even seen him play before. And I told my daughter, I said, they got to get this guy because he'll be a generational quarterback. And I was so happy when they picked him. And he is. Um, and so, Josh, just a couple other things real quick. You are a part of this whole deal, man. You're one of the uh, like one of the thousand points of light that makes Buffalo what it is, if you know what I mean. Buffalo's a different place, and you're, you're part of the reason why it's different. And you're part of the reason why it's awesome. And so are the Bills, and so is Josh. Um, lastly, um, so last night the Bills are playing, and, and my daughter's in L.A., and she's on her, on her phone, and we're on, we're on our phone, all on speaker, watching, watching the Bills and listening to them together. And it was just, it was just awesome. Um, you know, I usually call a lot sell, and um, I haven't called, called this much this year. I got uh, Parkinson's, and a lot of times like, my voice just goes on me. I, I, can't get, I don't want to get on the radio and sound like a fool. But, dude, I love you, man. You're part of Buffalo, like I said before. And uh, just hang on with Josh. Josh he make, he'll make plays. You, you shake your head and go, what the hell are you doing, Josh? And then two plays later, he saves the game with a bomb. No other <laughs> player in, in the NFL. Dude. I love listening to uh, the, uh, the guy from Cincinnati, the color guy from last night, Collinsworth. Uh, Eric Wood. Eric Wood. They make comments like, look at the throw he just made. No one can make that throw. But anyway, that's it for me. Go Bills. Hey, Frank. Frank, thank you for for opening up that door. You didn't have to share that. I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind words. And uh, always here for you, brother. Thank you so much. Much love to you, okay? Thank you, man.
All right, you got it. Thanks, Frank. Really appreciate that. Let's go to Neil in North Carolina. Hi, Neil. Hey, Sal. Happy New Year. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Uh, you got great, it. Thank you. I did a great interview you did with McDermott right after the game. That was awesome. I just heard that this morning when you played it. Thank you. That was great. Thank you. Um, McDermott, uh, kudos. Unbelievable with this MASH unit, what he's done. Um, you could see the main difference being he's making the changes that are needed, which did not happen the last several years. It was the same defense. Once in a while, something was different. He's making the changes. Josh, I want to talk about a beast. Two interceptions and a fumble and still does what he did. It, it's unbelievable to watch. I love him. Um, I'd love to see us go to the Super Bowl for sure. I got a quick question. How did yep. they not? Make the call on the head-to-head right before uh, halftime. How do you not do that as an official, knowing what it can cause? And look now, he's he's in uh, concussion protocol. How do you yeah. not make that? I know, Neil. I know. And, you know, if you follow Pro Football Doc on Twitter, uh, he's really good at, at kind of analyzing injuries. And he said, and I get it. It's not, I know it sounds bad to say it this way. He said he thinks the officials were so caught up at the end of the game in the spot that they didn't even think of throwing the flag on that. And that's not an excuse, wow. but it probably would happen as humans. But you're right. It should have been thrown. There's no doubt about it. Oh, crazy. But thanks again. You know. It's great listening to you. And I do all the time. And I love that thanks, you take Neil. my call. And I miss Buffalo for the sports for sure. Not the weather, right, but Neil. the sports. <laughs> you won't miss next week either. Although, I know, although in North Carolina, I don't think it's that great right now with the Nor'easters that are happening. But uh, here in Buffalo in Orchard Park next Sunday, it's going to be cold and windy and some snow for the first round of the playoffs. Let's go to Steve in Lockport. What's up, Steve? Wow. I'm a first-time first time caller, long-time listener. Uh, great, great show. I'm uh, traveling down the 90 right now to East Syracuse for my work. And I know you're a Syracuse guy, so... I, what a better place to be on the 90 listening to your show uh, and just past the Canandaigua exit, which I'm sure you know well. But uh, I just want to yep. say a couple quick things, no questions. Uh, Sal, this could be the best show you've ever had. I mean, this is just <laughs> a great show. And uh, Also, I want to say that putting on uh, McDermott in the beginning of the show like that was amazing. Just a great, great way to start the show. Thank you. And uh, you are the best. I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I, I can't stand the days when you're off. I know you need a day off, but <laughs> you're, you're the best, Sal. And uh, also, last night's game, I was along with many other Buffalo fans when the Bills were 6-6. Six six. I was looking for McDermott and very unhappy with him. And uh, I must say, last night's game, I'm going to give it all to him. I mean, he... He played his heart out. The guys are playing for him, and he's just doing a great job. And if there's no other game, I'm going to say last night's game was for McDermott. And, uh, again, you put on a great show. Also, my son was texting me this morning about the game, congratulating and all that, having a good time texting with him. And I said, listen, let's just dream today. I'm taking the Bills and the Niners in the Super Bowl. And uh, right. that's where I'm. That's what I'm feeling today, Sal. That's the I'm Chris feeling. Berman dream from back in the day. That's the Chris Berman dream from back in the day, Steve. When he used to pick them all the time, if you remember, right? Oh, absolutely. Know, right? I'm the same age as you, so I remember that very, very you well. Got it. All right, brother. Well, Steve, thanks for the kind words, brother. Be safe driving out there in uh, Central New York. All right. 
Let's uh, speaking of that, let's go to Elliot in Seneca Falls. What's up, Elliot? Hey, Sal. I just wanted to say how good it felt to see Trent Shurfield finally produce. Yeah, it was. You know, he um, he had an opportunity, too, because Gabe Davis was hurt, unfortunately. But if you take a look at the snap counts, um, Trent Shurfield was on the field. Let me just get it. For 55 snaps, that's 71% of the 78 total snaps. 51 of 78 total snaps. He really took a lot of the load that Gabe Davis normally would have had uh, after Gabe got hurt. So Trent Shurfield did a nice job. And here's the other thing, Elliot, I want to bring up. We have at our website, WGR550.com, the audio that I, I do from the locker room after the game. And I had a really interesting conversation with Trent Shurfield, who admitted it's been a tough season for him because he hasn't played as much as he's wanted. But he talked about how, you know, he just stayed focused and grinds and gets to work every day. And that's what happens when you do that. And you get an opportunity and your number is called and you get out there. And I, and I thought that was really great that, you know, he opened up about that and how much that meant to him to be able to get that opportunity and perform. Great to see you, pay off. Go, Bill. All right, buddy. Thanks, Elliot. Yep, appreciate you, buddy. Let's go to Dan in Leroy. I always get it wrong. Is it Leroy or Leroy? I think it's Leroy, right, Dan? Yeah, it's up to an individual's choice. Either way. <laughs> I got it, buddy. Uh, hey, you got it. Hey, uh, I'm looking at, at uh, Sean McDermott for Coach of the Year and Brandon Bean as GM of the Year. These guys have dealt with some serious adversity on, on our defense, and Sean brought them through. Not only that, He's got guys in the second and third tier. You just talked about Sherfield and his comments about, you know, being frustrated. He's kept those guys' heads in the games all this time and had them ready to be the next man up, and they've all come through, virtually all of them. So that's my vote. Yeah, yeah. Please please tell Chris Brown to remember he's my eyes and ears because he keeps forgetting to tell me the down and distance. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, maybe he's listening. He'll know that, but thank you, Dan. Thank you very much. Appreciate the phone call. Appreciate the uh, the call here on the Extra Point Show. We now have some open phone lines. I don't have a lot of space left for calls today because we're going to get some stuff, but we do have some. We will take some more. So if you want to give a call right now, you should be able to get in the next little while. 803-0550 is the number. Uh, I would not vote for Sean McDermott for Coach of the Year. I think he's done a heck of a job turning this thing around, but you have some really great candidates for Coach of the Year. I think I might vote for D'Amico Ryans. What he's done in Houston with a rookie quarterback, a rookie weapon, basically, right? Most, a lot of those guys, they, rookies, uh, wait, they, what, I have to go look at Nico Collins, Noah Brown, those guys, you've never heard of them, right? Um, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. I don't think they're necessarily rookies, those guys, but either way, inexperienced. What he's done to win the AFC South, amazing. Then again, maybe it's Kevin Stefanski. Stefanski, incredible. The job he's done with the Cleveland Browns, They have had four quarterbacks all start multiple games, first time in NFL history, and yet here they are in the playoffs. The only reason they didn't win their division is because the Baltimore Ravens were so good, and oh, by the way, there's John Harbaugh just, you know, oh yeah, here's Lamar Jackson as an MVP possibly again this year. So there's a lot of really good candidates. I would not vote for Sean McDermott for Coach of the Year, but I think he's done a heck of a job turning this thing around, and they needed to. A lot of hey, a lot of justified criticism for things that happened for through the, through the first twelve games. They were six and six. Since then, the way they've rallied together and it hasn't been perfect. Here's the difference, though: first twelve games, there were a few close games that things just didn't go their way. Last six games, there's been things that have, last seven games. There's been a lot of things that happen that go their way, especially the last five. Sometimes it's just the luck of a bounce. Sometimes it's just one play here, off there, on there, whatever it is. 
that can happen. It's sports. That's why I say, like, just because your team loses, you know, you don't have to fire everybody. That's why I always, remember I used to start this show by saying that all the time. Like, just because the team loses doesn't mean everybody's got to get fired or traded. Just because they win doesn't mean they're going to the Super Bowl that week. Again, I'm the person here. I try to be, forgive the reference. I think we're all mostly adults listening. I, I get it. But just as a cliche, I have to try to be the adult in the room and everybody's got so much emotions that are going all over the place. And that's why, you know, you call up here and say, ah, oh, you defend this guy, Homer, whatever. No, it's, I try to make sure we stay in a good space, win or lose, to try and explain what's going on and go through the long haul. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. The Bills proved that this year. They go to the playoffs, winning the AFC East after a 6-6 six and six start. Let's go to Joe in Philly. Hi, Joe. Hey, Sal. How's it going? Good. Thank you. Uh, today, I'm calling be- today I'm calling because I had a few questions. Um, but first, I want to talk about Taylor Rapp. I've been singing the guy's praises all season long. He shows up big in big-time games. Uh, he gets burned a couple times here and there, but so does every other safety in the league. And the guy plays hard, he hits hard, and he takes the chances, and he got the, the chance to undercut that route yesterday. Um, the other player I would like to sing praises for is Shakir. I've been calling for him since last year in Pittsburgh. Um, the guy is our most sure-handed receiver right now, even more so than Kincaid. Um, he's making the tough catches, and he's getting those yards after catch, which are so important. But my main reason for calling today is I wanted to talk about Kyer Elam. Um, I know that we've seen struggles for him in the past, and um, as, as a draft, uh, first-round draft pick, he's kind of smelling like a bit of a bust. But I think the Bills should take this opportunity while they've got some form on defense to look at Kyrie and maybe try to repurpose him, try to save some of their um, save some of his talent, and maybe repurpose him as a safety. Or even more interestingly, I thought would be like the Patriots. I believe it was last year or the year before how they used Marcus Jones as a backup wide receiver. I think Elam's got the height. I think he's got the uh, physicality, and I think he's got the hands that he could double up as a nice backup uh, as a wide receiver. I know I heard about Andy Isabella earlier with a speed, which is a good idea, but I think Kyer Elam could be used on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I'll hang up and hear your thoughts. Yeah, so, uh, Joe, with all due respect, I don't think any of that should happen. Um, not right now. Maybe safety, maybe, but even that. Uh, Kyer Elam's not a safety. Uh, he, he, has, he has corner. He has, he has the, the length to be a corner. Um, you know, the Bills moved... Aaron Williams years ago from corner to safety because Aaron, he wasn't as fluid. He was really good at going, you know, on angles and, and straight ahead, but flipping his hips, running wasn't his thing. This isn't the case here. Kyrie Elam's a great athlete. Um, and he's never, to my knowledge, never played wide receiver and in, said in, in maybe probably high school. I mean, that's not happening. You're not repurposing him and changing his entire position. People call and talk about guys changing positions at the NFL level. I mean, my God, that's a, that's a huge, that, you, that's just something you just can't do and don't do. And you're, you'd be setting him back another three years of his career by doing that. Um, and now, right now, it's a numbers game. And now, if if Rasul Douglas is lost last week, I wouldn't doubt if Kyrie Elam is active as a backup, if he is. We'll see. Let's remember, too, just throwing it out there, Josh Norman has elevations now that reset. So, sorry, Joe, again. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Not down with any of those ideas about Kyrie, but I agree with you. I'd like to see him, you know, I'd like to see it work out. I just don't know how that's going to work out going forward here. All right, when we come back, we'll get to our extra point from the sidelines, but also we're going to replay that Sean McDermott on-the-field interview after the game yesterday, last night. A lot of you have talked about it. You've asked about it, and you've been asking on, on online about it, so we'll replay that for you. The emotion that you hear from the Bills head coach's voice in the raw moment right after the game, the raw emotion in the immediate moments after the game. 
We'll get to all that when we come back here. So stick around on the Extra Point Show on WGR. go down to the sidelines to Sal. I am here with head coach Sean McDermott. Coach, first of all, congratulations. Your fourth straight AFC East Division title. Tell me about the second half and your resiliency. Well, the team did a great job. The staff, great plan at halftime, great adjustments. The players stay resilient, fought their way through. We had some guys going down. Um, I just, I can't tell you how proud I am of these guys, man. Josh Allen, what a leader. What a leader. What about the punt return for Deontay Hardy and what that meant? Game changer. We were looking for that all year. Coach Smiley, Coach Harkey, those guys, man, they took it to heart. They took it to heart, and they executed. Coach, I want you to turn around and see Bill's Mafia. Take a look at it right now. What's that say to you? It's awesome. It's so awesome, man. Congratulations, Coach. Have a great flight home. All right, thanks, man. All right. Hello, everyone back home, man. I know, man. It's going to be fun, isn't yeah, it? baby. Bills right. Mafia. Four straight AFC East title. Sean McDermott, the Bills head coach right there. The Bills have done it, guys. They're home next week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. One o'clock, four straight titles. They do it here in Miami. Back to you. <laughs> Back to the Extra Point Show. Sean McDermott on the field after the game. Man, great stuff right there. Great emotion from the head coach. People have told me they rarely hear him like that. I guess, yeah, you're right. I mean... Sometimes you can feel it, you can see it, you know, so those of us who are closer and, you know, we're in the media room and things like that, and you, you kind of get a little closer to him, but he's generally pretty close to the vest. He's generally pretty stoic. That was some raw emotion coming out last night. Um, we hope you enjoyed that, and thank you for those who've yeah, kind of been circling the rounds with that on social media and the kind words about, you know, the interview there from me, but that's really just Sean McDermott carrying the, carrying the interview with the emotion and what it meant. And as part of that, let's take a look at our extra point from the sidelines. It's brought to you by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. It was turning around and seeing all of Bill's Mafia. You heard the crowd during the interview. That was Bill's Mafia in South Florida. It was incredible. For those of you who were there, it was an amazing, amazing weekend, I'm sure. I mean, I was only there with the team for, you know, a night into the day. (coughs) I went by... Sorry, I went by Elbow Room. I went by uh, all the A1A there where everybody was was packed in, all the Bills, Bills fans and Bills Backers Club and bar and all that. I mean, people were lined up. Also, I do have to say, a little bit of a negative, but let me explain something, okay? I went on the radio last week around Friday. I think it was Friday. I said to Joe, man, I said, one of the greatest things is when the the buses, the team buses go down A1A and it's lined with fans and they're going crazy and they have to shut it down. It's amazing. It's a great experience. You see this convoy and the, the welcoming party essentially from the fans. So the only problem with that was is because I said that and then people said, and people said they couldn't wait you know, for that to happen again and they were lining up on A1A. It was a different hotel this year, folks. That's why it didn't happen. So for those of you who waited out in the rain, I was actually there, too, because I, I met some friends out over there, and I took an Uber in, and I went down that road, and you were waiting out there for the buses. I mean, the team, they decide their hotels in the in the summer based on availability and a lot of other things, and my guess is because that time of year, maybe where they normally stay was unavailable, but it was a different hotel, which is why and it was on the other side of town, basically, going the other way from the airport, so it just didn't make sense. 
to get the buses through there. So for those of you who are out there and waiting and I read the tweets like, oh my God, how come they're not coming? There's a slap in the face that, no, no, stop, stop, stop. stop. It's just, that's what they, they decided as far as their travel and, you know, where they stayed. And that's based on a lot of things. So I'm just here to tell you, it wasn't anything that was intentional as far as I'm concerned. And no, it was simply that, hey, that's not where the route took them to go from the airport to the hotel. So, but those of you who did stay out there in the rain and wait, it was still phenomenal. I saw it. I saw it. It was incredible. Got a lot of video of it around from the CV stations and things like that. All right. That was our extra point for the sidelines brought to you by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. Let's get to Fred in Lewiston. Hi, Fred. Go ahead. You're on WGR. Hi, Sal. I have a question about the uh, end of the game. Three, and I think it was three minutes and 15 seconds left. Josh runs, gets the first down on the what it was, yep. third and 13 or something. The clock stopped after that. Yep. So, so I, I explained this earlier, and I'm glad you called because a lot of people probably didn't hear it, so I'll go over it again, okay? So I, I agree that you know it, it's confusing, and, and I didn't even realize until people started asking me about it. So here's what happened. Here's what I found, Fred. I went back and looked for everybody, and here's what I got on this, all right? So the, the snap was taken at the Bills' 34-yard line. It was third and 13. Josh runs 15 yards to the Bills' 49-yard line. In the process of the play, there's a holding on Jalen Ramsey. All right. What happens is the NFL rule says the clock stops after a penalty accepted or declined until the next snap when it's inside five minutes of play in the second half. So no matter if the Bills had accepted or declined the penalty, the clock was going to stop because it was inside five minutes. But. Because of the situation, they also tacked on the five-yard penalty. So the next snap was actually 20 yards downfield, 15 on the run, five on the penalty. The next snap was at the Miami 46-yard line, and the clock stopped because the rule states the clock stops inside five minutes after a penalty. Okay, thank you. I'll take back all those bad things I said about the officials last night. Thanks a lot. No, well, you can still say bad things. They still missed a lot. You know, how about how about the uh, thank you, Fred? How about the um, ineligible man downfield they picked up? Second time that this year that's happened. Remember the Patriots game? And yes, he was downfield. From what Eric Wood said to me, I didn't see the replay, but I'm going to trust what Eric said when he watched the replay. Let's go to Joe in Tonawanda. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, Sal. The only bad thing about your interview with McDermott is I don't know how in the world you're going to top that. Gonna be a tough one. It's um, all good, man. It's all good. I, I again, I want to, I want to, I want to just thank Bill's PR for being right there to, you know, have have McDermott and and say to me, hey, you know, you want to coach? It's great because in those situations, everything's going on, and he's shaking hands with Mike McDaniel. So, really great job by PR, uh, Bill's PR, and I thank them for allowing that to happen. Sal, two of uh, two of the tough decisions McDermott's made over the last year. One is is letting Frazier go in a, in, in a professional manner. Um, but there's a huge difference in the aggressiveness on that defense and everything, and I love Frazier. And then letting Dorsey go during the middle of the season, I know the players liked him. Um, those were two things that are, you know, were tough for him. But it, McDermott's halftime adjustments last night, Miami had 47 yards sale in the whole second half. Yeah. The whole second half. And uh, two quick questions. Do you – you're on the sidelines – do you see Von Miller coming back at all to help this team go on in the playoffs? And uh, what did you think of the hit? Well, what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? He I mean he's on the roster. I mean he was he played yeah, yesterday. What do you mean by in the playoffs? Oh, do you mean just playing better? You mean like stepping yeah, up his game? Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you think there, there's? I don't know, man. 
Yeah, I don't know, Joe. I mean, it hasn't happened. He played yesterday. He really was not very impactful again. But, you know, this is the time of year where a guy like Von Miller, if you, you know, you sit him and you think you need that one play and you hope maybe he's the kind of guy that can make it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough call. I can't tell you yes or no. It'd simply be me guessing like, like anybody else would, you know? Yeah, that's what we're all waiting for. And, um, that hit, that hit by Engel on, on Johnson. This is, I thought it was a very dirty hit. Do you think it, I, I thought it gave the Bills a little, a little more spark than they already had. Any thoughts on that? No, I mean, I think the Bills kind of screwed up that end of the half. Josh shouldn't have thrown it where he did. Um, and they went to the locker room upset. Maybe, you know, maybe that more dialed in on what they needed to do, but I mean, those were lost opportunities. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know if I would say it that way, you know, and I don't think it was anything intentional necessarily either, Joe, to be honest, if you're implying that, but um, I think that, you know, it's a, it was a hit that should have been called helmet to helmet, bing, bang, boom. It's a great job to keep him out of the end zone, but it should have been flagged too. But thanks a lot for the call, Joe. Appreciate it. Eight Oh three Oh five fifty the number 57 yards, I believe is what they had in the second half. I think the dolphins, right? Two eighteen total in the first half, 101 on the ground. 57 in the second half, 7 on the ground. Let's go to Venus in South Buffalo as well. Hi, Venus. Hey, Sal. First time, first time here. Oh, well, I mean, sorry. I'm a little nervous calling in. I've been working up the courage it's okay. for a while. It's all right, buddy. Settle down. You're all good, man. Go ahead and say what you want to say. Love the show, man. Love you. Love the Bills. You know, I was hating on McDermott a few weeks ago, but I think we're going to the bowl, man. That'd be great. It'd be a pretty big party here. Got to get a couple more wins. Got to get three more first. Three more. You think, uh, sorry, I got one more, two more questions for you, Sal. Okay. Do you, uh, is Vaughn going to make an impact in these playoffs, do you think? Uh, same question that last guy had. That's just a guess that I would have. I don't know. Um, but it's a, a game they're playing right now to, to hope that's the case by having him active, but really wasn't that impactful yesterday as well. So we'll see, I guess. Yeah, hoping he picks it up. He's worth a lot of money. And uh, last question here, Sal. Um, just wondering, do you uh, do you got to wax that bald head, or is it? Yeah, actually, not really. I shave it. I, mean, I shave, you know, the bald head. It's great. It's kind of a great way to end the, the the day with phone calls, isn't it? Thanks, Venus. Nice name. I love that Venus Flytrap. Remember Venus Flytrap from WKRP in Cincinnati. I've never tried to actually wax my bald head. Like people have, like people talk about it. Like I don't have, like I had a smooth head, but I shave it. Use a straight. I've been shaving my head since I was like twenty six. I think I was. So it's only, I'm fifty now. Think about that, right? Twenty four years of shaving my head. Yeah, works for me. All right, we're gonna take a time out. We're gonna come back. We're gonna look ahead to Super Wild Card Weekend. And the Bills taking on the Steelers and what else is happening around the NFL. We'll do that. We come back here on the Extra Point Show. Great show today. Thanks a lot for being with me here on WGR. Correct myself here. Thank you very much to the several people who tweeted in at Sal Sports. Sorry to the caller called a little while ago for misunderstanding your question about the hit. You were referencing the Ingle blindside block on Taron Johnson. My fault. 
I thought you were referencing the hit to Ty Johnson's head. Sorry about that. The question was, <coughs> did I think did, did maybe it, it energized the Bills, fired them up? I don't know. I wouldn't say that. I mean, it makes you mad, right? You see something like that, but I don't know how much that can carry you to get it. They, they, they had the punt return a little while after that. So, you know, but anyway, my apologies for not um, getting that correct in what you were referencing. You were referencing the Taron Johnson illegal blindside block that Alex Engel was called for. And right after that, after that happens, there is a play, another play, a penalty, and then the punt, and then the touchdown by Deontay Hardy. And um, I'm not gonna, I don't, I'm not gonna sit here and say I think that they get the punt return because of the block. But yeah, I mean, people are upset about it. You see that happen for sure. So thank you, and thank you very much for those who tweeted at me to tell me that. All right, let's get to sit up, stand down, and hey, buddy, we're gonna sit up on NFL Super <clears throat> Wild Card Weekend. NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. It is this weekend in the National Football League. All right, let's set you up for your schedule. Here we go. Hold on. Let me get bring this up here so I have it. You got six games. You got two on Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday night. The two on Saturday kicks it off. Browns at Texans. That should be a heck of a game. Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Followed by Saturday night, Dolphins at Chiefs. That's a good one. It's going to be very bad weather in Kansas, or very cold in Kansas City, I should say, and some snow, I believe. Sunday, right here in Buffalo, speaking of cold, windy, snow, Steelers at Bills. Sunday, 1 o'clock, Orchard Park, Highmark Stadium. Sunday after the Bills game, 4.30 p.m., hopefully you're enjoying a Bills win while watching Packers at Cowboys, 4.30. And then the Sunday night game, Rams at Lions. How about that? How about Goff and Stafford going at it in the playoffs against each other? I love it. What a great storyline that is. And man, the Eagles kind of blew it, didn't they? They had control of the division. They relinquished that. They did not have a good end of the season. They are at the Buccaneers because the Bucs actually have a higher seed than the Eagles Monday night. That's Monday night football. The Buccaneers and the Eagles. Where's the Eagles? Let me get the... uh, Eagles schedule here. They've lost one, two, three, four, five out of their last six. That's why they're traveling to Tampa. They did not finish out the division. All right, let's uh, let's stand down here on what's commonly referred to as Black Monday because there are so many coaches fired around the league and GMs. I just hate seeing it. I know it's part of the business. I get it, but today's a day where you know people lose their jobs and families and people are impacted. But it's also a storyline, so just going to stand down on you know celebrating people losing their jobs, I guess. I don't like to do that, but it's part of the business and covering it, and they're well compensated. I get it. I just think that it's a, it's a tough day around the league for a lot of people. When you get to know people who've been in that position, who whether it's head coaches, assistant coaches, whatever it is, you know, they suddenly they're out of a job, got to find a new job, you know, it hits a little bit different. So let's stand down on that. Let's get to Hey Buddy. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. Hey, buddy. Dudes, you know this dude? What's up, dude? Hey, buddy. Bunny, sit now. Who's my buddy this week? I'm your buddy, guy. He's your guy, friend. I'm your friend, buddy. On WGR. Blue, you're my boy. Sports Radio 550. Whether you were at Rock Bar, hanging out at Elbow Room, you're at the Blue Martini in Fort Lauderdale at Russ Salvatore's party. Got to see a lot of Bills Mafia. 
And a lot of times, my hey buddy is the fans, you. And it is this time, it's specifically those who take the time to come say hi. And sometimes I'm out, I'm at these places, somebody comes up and goes, hey, I don't want to bother you. Let me tell you something. You're never bothering me, man. You're never bothering me. I love doing, I have the greatest, you will not find someone who loves their job as much as me. Or at least more than me, right? And that's because I love being here to talk about my passion. Football, the Bills, sports, here in my city that I love. Buffalo. And when I'm out on the road and you get a chance, I always say to people, you're not bothering me. I do this every day, but you don't like, maybe you don't get to do it every day. So that's your outlet. So I appreciate it. So you're all my buddy. Thank you for all of you who said hi. Took a picture. I love it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Means the world to me that you listen and tune in every Monday. And guess what? Because the Bills won, we're back here next Monday for another Extra Point show. Jody Biasi's got you tomorrow. Bill Steelers Sunday. Up next, One Bills Live, a full three hours, then it's Show Up with the Bulldog here on WGR. Keep it tuned.